Well, Tiger, welcome to Talk in the Talk, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Man, th- you know, as you know, I've been a longtime Cadaver fan you know, since the first album. And you also probably know that by just by knowing me that I'm very opinionated when it comes to the bands and the music that I love. And as like I loved everything. And then for some reason, Rough Times kind of had me a little lost and I could never really figure out what it was. And then when I went back to it, I found that it, what I think it was was that it seemed to be a much darker album. Um, would you agree with that as far as it being a darker album leading up to the most current one? I think that it was definitely a darker album following Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that For the Dead Travel Fast is equally dark, but maybe it's a different dark. It's not the, you know, being fed up with what goes on in your life dark, like in rough times, but it's rather the, you know, fantasy darkness. And um, the being, uh, uh, how do you put it? It's hard to say because I'm not a native speaker. <laughs> um, but but let's maybe for now keep it with that it's, that I would say it's a different kind of darkness. What do you think? Is it is it equally dark or not? Well, you know, it's funny because to me, Berlin was almost kind of a fantasy album as well. You know what I mean? Like there were a lot of really great songs and the songs were not so much lighthearted, but they were easier to, to grasp onto. And I think that with... Uh, rough times it kind of caught me off guard you, do you know what I mean because I was like wow this is really dark like but very personal and it took me about a year maybe a year and a half later to go back and revisit it and really understand how there was more of a personal darkness to it whereas with the new album for the dead travel fast I feel like it's kind of like a mix between rough times and Berlin, if that makes sense. So in other words, it's got that kind of fantasy aspect, but it's got the darkness of uh, rough times. So combined, it really makes for a really diverse album, which I think to be honest is probably what I consider to be your most diverse album to date. So um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it actually. Interesting. And um, yeah, thanks for the compliment. Uh, you know, it's always kind of hard to, you know, categorize your own creative output. So I'm all, I always appreciate when, you know, people give me their thoughts on like how this is different or better or worse than what we've done before or how it compares. Because for yourself, if you've been working on something so hard and so long, even if there is like a certain satisfaction in the end, uh, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I cannot really say what the difference is. You know what I mean? As a musician myself, I know exactly what you're speaking of because when you are so engulfed and involved in, you know, not just the recording process, but the writing process and the creative process and then the, the re- you know, the production. And But at that point, it's almost like you're so tired of hearing your, your own stuff that you, 
you kind of have this warped idea of what you think it is that and then you just have to kind of put it in the hands of your fans and your listeners and let them be the judge of what it is you've come up with because you can't really talk about it because you've spent so much time doing it yeah i mean you know when i think about all our records there is like with with every record there is a certain emotion that i have but it's very hard to explain but if i think of this record it's like this part of my heart if i think about a different record i have a very strong and present feeling but it's uh, that's how i categorize it and probably connected to the time when we when we wrote the songs and what we were doing at the time like what was happening in our lives um uh there is with with every record there is a certain energy that feels very present to me but uh, yeah like i said that's the category that i think of because one of the things I've noticed about uh, Cadaver Records, which I always love, is that one always seems that you know, you know, you know, starting with Abra Cadaver, you know, and then every album seems to grow off of the other one. Now, when it came to rough times, do you think that that was just like kind of like you said, like where you were at that exact moment? Was that the album that just needed to be made in order to? kind of clear your mind clean you know you know what i mean like kind of exude those emotions that you were holding on a more personal level definitely um what, what should i say about it i think yeah it was like that maybe with rough times it was um, we did that in the most conscious way you know free ourselves from what we've been doing before going back to self-production, which means that, that I produced the record again, mm-hmm. having produced the first and the second, while Berlin was like an outsourced product, so to speak. Um, and I think we went enough into the direction of very compact songwriting, kind of, uh, well, I don't want to use the hit word, but uh, I think we try to sh- we try to shrink the songwriting to the to the barest essence with Berlin and be like really compact and you know rather positive and was rather a celebrating record than you know the following. Uh, that was something that we needed to free ourselves again from with rough times, thinking more about uh, what you know shitty in this world, what you know what causes us trouble and what we struggle with on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So for so for the um for the dead travel fast though, like you said, like it's you're definitely in a different place in your mind and in your emotions because even songs like you know while while I still feel like there's some some personal ties to them like other past records like you know like the end. You know, even even dancing with the dead, I kind of felt like there was something in there that was a little personal, as well as demons in my mind. Um, and then, of course, to be honest, but like my favorite track on the album is the closing epic, the long forgotten song, which I thought was just a spectacular song. But I was curious to hear a little more about that and what went into the creation of that song, because that's a pretty special tune from what I from what I get. Yeah, so that, um, the fun fact about it is that um, 
I had this song in my mind for seven years and I never put it to paper. I never recorded it. I never like hang it into my iPhone, which I usually do with a lot of ideas that later find their way into riffs and songs. Right. Um, and this one, this one kind of stuck in my head for like, yeah, for six years. I, I planned to put it on, on Abracadabra already. Um, and then I thought, huh, maybe on the next one, it's not ready yet. And it kept being like that until finally, uh, at the end stage of the process uh, of uh, yeah, um, recording for the Dead Travel Fast, I presented it to Lucas, and uh, he said, "Hey, it's great. Maybe finish it because um, the risk you have sounds very promising, and you should you should make the song." Um, and that's what I did so when we started thinking about like what the lyrics could be um, I think that was the question that you initially asked uh, we thought it might be a good idea to you know go down memory lane and think about the, the time when I first had the idea in my mind like when the band was at an early stage how uh how it was for us to, you know, being kicked into the touring thing and into the music business. We were like very young and unexperienced at the time. Right. And uh, the first two years was very exciting. It was like a lot of, you know, we we didn't think too much what we were doing. We partied a lot and uh, met. Met a lot of great people and experienced a lot of really cool stories, and uh, we traveled all the world. And now, seven years later, it it feels like a whole lifetime ago. Like I think we are a little different now. We are more grown, and uh, it was actually the first time that I've looked at that face of the band and realizing that it's different now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what inspired me to write those lyrics. Because I, I just thought it was so fantastic that you closed the album out with that. Because you know, when I think back to the you know the 2012 debut, you know, even listening to that album to this day, like seven years later, it's st- obviously it still holds up really well. But like you know, seven years is it nowadays is is a long time for a band. <laughs> to be around you know what i mean and so with yeah with the newest album i felt like what i loved about long forgotten song was that exactly like you said like it encapsulated all of your experience from the very first album to where you are at right now and while you guys haven't you know cadaver hasn't strayed too far away from their from your um you're, oh God, I'm kind of trying to think of the word here. You're, uh, uh, like the way that you play and the style that you play that, but yet the new album sounds very matured, you know? And with that, from that maturity, does that, does that come from the incessant touring and like you said, the experiences? Uh, I think we definitely, definitely matured from touring because, you know, you, after like seven years of playing 100 shows a year, you, you just know how it works. And I also know my band members a lot better. 
many years after we started playing together. And um, I think also the songwriting, you know, with every record you get more experience and you like, you know how the band works together and maybe also it's easier to present a vision. Um, and I even think that songwriting for me is deeply connected to the project that you're working with. Like when I when I write songs, I write them for cadaver. Right. And um, if if I had a different project, I would maybe probably write a whole lot of different things that might not sound like cadaver at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like project connected or band connected, like everything we do. And I think we kind of have a certain formula that uh, that we can, you know, uh, that we can follow to a certain degree and maybe do things differently. But yeah, that's probably some kind of a maturing process that uh, that we that we continuously go through. Yeah, because that and that's exactly the word. By the way, I was looking for formula. How you like that? I'm American, and I can't even come up with the American word. You know, so. <laughs> shows you the intelligence of the American people. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I love that you said that though about about the formula because obviously you know you have a fan base and. But at the same time, with each album not sounding the same, you kind of maintain this one formula, that. but you expand on it. But you said something that just interested me about how you said you tend to, sometimes you write songs that might not be a cadaver song. What do you do with that material? Is that the kind of stuff that you put aside that might work for cadaver later on? Or is it something that you do on your own as a side thing? I would say that I sometimes have ideas that I mm, categorize no cadaver. Mm-hmm. Um, and some some of those ideas stay in my head or, or I have, like, say, recorded a version of it. Not because I consciously am planning to release them otherwise, but um, because I don't have the time and I feel... I've, I feel like it, it, it would be over my capacity because we are touring so much. Um, and I also feel kind of satisfied with releasing, like write, or, or like writing three, four, five, six songs for a record every year and put everything into it that I, that I want. Well, may, I, don't, I don't know if it's gonna stay like this, but the, the past records, I always felt kind of satisfied and not um, urged to, you know, or capable of uh, do, doing more with it because, yeah, that's the way it is, I guess. You know, because, again, one of the things I love about Cadaver is that, you know, all the albums seem to have a very loose feel to them. So when you go into the studio to record, do you go in with just enough songs for an album or are you guys usually cutting, like, I don't know, let's say, like, for the dead travel fast there's nine songs like did you guys go into the studio and maybe cut like 15 songs and then you have to pick from the nine or do you go in with an exact number or an exact list of songs the question is a little difficult to answer because we have our own studio and when we enter the studio there is nothing (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) so in the like 
let's say there's a certain time frame when we know now it's time to start writing songs. Um, most of the time, it's like we start playing riffs that are mm -hmm. somehow connected to what we last did. Like we had some riffs that were like sounded like rough time sessions mm -hmm. until we got like very pissed with that it it does wasn't satisfying us because it wasn't <laughs> what was supposed to be the new record and going through this uh, i would say even going through this painful phase of not having a fucking clue what we want to do <laughs> sometimes i there there is the point there's always the point where there's light at the end of the tunnel and where you realize this riff sticks and this has a new energy. Um, and I think with this record, it was Evil Forces. Uh, that's like the, the third track on the record. When we had the key riff for that one, I felt like, yeah, this is, it's like, it's a different kind of dark. It's, it, it's like uh, horror-ish. Uh, there's a, there's a certain feel to it that is that could be a cadaver song, but not like on the last record. And I think this was also when we um, started brainstorming, you know, like having a photo shoot in Romania at the castle of Dracula and, you know, like going like very obviously into this horror imagery and direction. Uh, that's when the whole thing came together for me when we when we come to this point that's when we really like get super creative and and present new ideas every every day uh and this is a phase of like four to eight weeks where we just like keep on spinning ideas and put things together sit a lot at home uh you know lucas he works a lot at home and i work a lot like in the studio um and then we put it like we kind of put all the all those things together until we finally have 10 to 12 songs mm -hmm. and then we re we record them all i think i think in this case we recorded 11 songs put nine on the record and then you know the rest is bonus material we we're gonna re uh, also release like a bonus like a package with you know the, the lp and the bonus lp with with outtakes and uh, and some special stuff and that's how we do it. That's really cool to hear because that's what I'm glad you reminded me because I totally forgot that a, uh, a few years ago you guys started building your own studio. That must really take a lot of pressure off of you guys going into a regular studio where, where you say you're paying by the hour. So does having your own studio where you can go anytime you want, does that take a lot of the pressure off of you to rush and write? Well, not of me because it because I have to record all this stuff and make all the decisions now, which I gladly do. But I wouldn't say it takes pressure off me because now I'm the one that um, that that's gonna be held liable if 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 the if the result is not good. But I'm fine with it. No, I I think I I really like being in a small bubble you don't have to explain anything to to, to anyone else mm -hmm. you just create your own vision um and it's it's a different pressure if uh, if for example we would be in our rehearsal space and and 
not having all the facilities of uh, you know producing the record then then it would probably just be a different kind of pressure but since we recorded Berlin in a different studio and it turned out a great result um, uh, we we found out that we enjoyed more to really be by ourselves with, with no one else and do everything on our own I mean that makes a lot of sense because when you're in control of your own like you said where, where you don't have to explain it to another producer or a engineer or whatever when you're doing it all yourself you you have the, those ideas and you have that control and you don't have to explain it you can just do it yourself but as someone like myself who has for years um produced his own like i've produced all my own solo albums do you also find it hard to sometimes pull yourself out of the artist position and then like do you have a hard time separating being the artist and then being the producer like how hard is that for you i think it's not hard at all because mm-hmm. um, i i think that it's it's kind of separate because we always demo everything before we really record it so when we like really really record the final version mm-hmm. we have been going through a process of demoing already and like all the producing questions and uh, you know the way we want to do it it's kind of it's like there is a vision already so um as an artist i i just execute when we when we record and i think all the artistic choices most of them i mean you cannot separate it 100% right because recording is also is also a, a form of art i would say mm-hmm. the creative thing but um uh it's separated by the time frame like the, you do the demos first and then you record and when we record i'm rather the producer and when we demo i'm rather the artist so something like that I personally have a hard time sometimes splitting the roles because, you know, like when you're producing, it's hard to sometimes let go of certain things like, oh, I should go back and re-record that. Where instead of you're like, nope, that's it. <laughs> you know, if, if I could re-record this song yeah. seven times and not be happy with it. So I have to, you know, it's hard for me to kind of break that role sometimes, you know. Yeah. And that's why I love deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> that's my problems. I never have a deadline because I can put out my albums whenever I want, you know, and my band can put out albums yeah. whenever we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the deadlines actually help you then, I guess, because it gives you kind of a, like a target. You, ha- you have a goal that you have to meet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, like it's, it's a pain in the ass and it's always the last week. It's a very stressful time. Um, with like 15 hours, 16 hours of work in the studio without break and with probably a gallon of coffee. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the way it is. In the end, it's, it's, it has been beneficial uh, for, for us. So this lineup has been together for a while now and obviously you guys have a very tight-knit relationship, almost like a brotherhood of sorts. Does recording ever cause especially when you're talking about these like 15 hour days do, do do times like that actually 
or ever put some strain on your relationship or do you feel like it just makes you stronger? In the end, it does make us stronger. I mean, I have really uh, stopped to give a fuck what, um, you know, I I always say my opinion and I think in, in the last years, I think we have been going through a phase where it was a bigger problem giving each other opinion because in the end, you, everyone has a vision of how the song is supposed to be but I think um, it's easier to communicate that now and it doesn't cause much trouble anymore like but um, getting to know yourself through recording process is also sometimes painful and uh, you know causes arguments and all that <laughs> which is just normal because everybody cares so much about what he's doing you know right so um it's just, it's just natural, but I think we've been doing it a long time ago that I can just, you know, with confidence say what I think and maybe the other one doesn't like it, but then it's cool and you, you make a compromise in the end. Most of the time it works. And if it doesn't work, then somebody has to uh, fight. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't imagine you guys like fist fighting or anything, but uh, you know. <laughs> but, uh, Again, like I said, uh, for the Dead Travel Fast is by far my favorite Cadaver album to date. I feel like you guys really nailed it. Um, but now, you, the only problem I can see for you guys now is let's see, you are let's see, one, two, three, four albums deep now. Like that must be hard to actually start to make a set list for. So. <laughs> Uh, for the upcoming tour, what are you guys? Are you guys going to put a little more concentration on the new material, or are you finding a way to kind of pull some favorites from each album? I have the feeling. I mean, we ha- we have to cut it short anyway because we. I think nobody wants to see us for like two and a half hours. It's like it's intense and it's loud, and I think ninety minutes is a lot for uh, for heavy music. I want to um, hear you for so, two hours, yeah, man. Could, <laughs> I mean, we do ninety minutes. Maybe we do a hundred minutes in the in the, in the in the future. But you, 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 the the audience has to get used to it as well, and we have to see like if it's if it's rather beneficial or if like the you know the attention span of of our audience is maybe not that long. Right. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mix all the records. But I. I, the way I feel is I also want to play a lot of the new songs, not just two or three, but rather five. So what is one particular song off the new album that you look at and you go, that is one that needs to be played? Uh, the Devil's Master, definitely. Uh, Evil Forces, I want to play. I want to play Children of the Night. I also want to play Dancing with the Dead and Demons in My Mind. And... Uh, I mean, it's stupid to say, but right now I would like to play all of them. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be the first time a band went out and played an entire album, you know, of their of new material, you know. But also, I I don't like the idea of like pushing the new record too much because um, people also want to listen, you know, to the familiar stuff, and um, even even if myself, I I would like to play rather like all of them we probably cut it down to like four or five songs in the end which Mm -hmm. is i think a lot to present of the new record i think it's a lot more than what most than what most bands do when they put out 
um, a new record, you know. So actually playing half of a, a new album, that's that's a pretty bold statement to how strongly you're behind your new material. Yeah, definitely. A lot of times you'll see a band who put out a brand new album and they'll play two songs off of it. And you're like, what happened to the other eight? <laughs> you know, or whatever happened to the other nine. <laughs> but then you also look at it yeah. and you go, okay, well, but they've got, you know, six albums worth of material they've got to cover. And they're songs that the fans want to hear. Like in your case, you know, you know, like as a fan of yours, you know, I want to hear Purple Sage and Black Sun and, you know, I want to hear Doomsday Machine too, you know? So it's like you have to kind of mm-hmm. gear your set list to what your fans are also going to want to hear too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what we try all the time. So with this tour, are you guys going to, do you guys generally change the set list up from night to night or you, do you guys pretty much do the same set list every show? This is something that has caused a lot of discussions in the past. Um, <laughs> but I think what we try to do now is play more or less the same set list for one tour not necessarily 100%, but, you know, switch one here and there. So, like, we, I mean, we rotate a little bit so, you know, all the songs stay fresh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I think it's a good idea to have a certain set list in 2019 and then have a, a slightly different one in 2020. So when you go to, a, to you know, to a town two years later, make sure that you maybe play two or three different songs and I think that's the easiest way to do it. Right. So, what about the what about your touring uh, schedule? Like, are you guys gonna? I mean, obviously, you tour very heavily in in Europe and all over the place. Uh, you haven't been back to the states in quite a while. So, will will we maybe see a U.S. tour for this album? Yeah, actually, the first glimpse of a tour is going to happen very very soon, as we. Um, embark on our first North American tour since 2015 when we supported the sword together with All Them Witches, the first short return to the States. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm to, you know, come back more, uh, more often again in the next years. We have a visa that starts now for 12 months. So we try to come back three times. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'll tell you, you and me are long due for a beer on your bandwagon again. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Tiger, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk about just Cadaver and the excellent new album for the Dead Travel Fast. Um, I am so excited about this record. I actually can't wait to get a copy because that album cover looks just absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank you. And thanks so much for, you know, for the for the nice words and for the chat. Appreciate it that you took the time. And um yeah, I hope to see you soon again in Atlanta. Same here. And uh, first rounds on me. <laughs> All right, I say the second one then. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we will talk to you again and hopefully see you again soon, Tiger. All right. Thank you, Don. Bye. Thank you. Bye.